Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. Banking services debit card provided by Bancorp, Bank NA, or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hop Day edition of the Yard. We had hoped to play a baseball game last night. We were unable to do so. Kind of a weird deal. We had a weather delay and never really had any weather. We did have some lightning strikes around the stadium, which uh, led to everybody leaving the field. And then we kept having strikes and kept having strikes. And uh, eventually... It was pretty evident it was going to be difficult to get this ball game in, so it's been, quote, postponed. I don't know if it'll be resumed or not. I don't know if they'll start over. I don't know if they just bang the game entirely. Who knows? Don't know. But I do know this, that we've got uh, one week of the regular season left next week, and I don't know. I don't know if you've worked that game in or not. I guess we'll see. Neither team is uh, really playing for anything of note. It's another non-conference game. I don't know if it really matters. But um, got a chance to get out and go uh, hang with some people in the berm for a little while. Went out and visited with Hobie, some of the group out there. And, uh, yeah, it's been a long year. I'm, I'm going to have some comments about, um, about the season, kind of the state of state, a little bit later in the show. But, of course, there'll be no uh, game breakdown today because we didn't have a game. How about that? All right, news is out for those of you that have kind of kept up with me on social media. Earlier this week, we paid our franchise fee and signed our franchise, signed our franchise agreement. Uh, my wife and I are bringing a new business to Starkville, Mississippi. It is uh, True Rest. You can go to truerest.com and get all the information there. It is a float therapy spa. Uh, locations being determined now. We had a conference call yesterday with some of the real estate folks and signing some agreements and all that sort of stuff. And still some hurdles to clear, right? Still a lot to do. Got to find a spot, got to get a build out, all that sort of stuff. All that's very important. Uh, trust the people we're working with. But a lot of cool things are happening. I'm excited about it. A lot of people say, Steve, okay, what is it about uh, this flow therapy thing? And so basically what it is, it is a sensory deprivation tank floating experience. You float in 10 inches of water and uh, there's a, a ton of salt and magnesium and things like that in there. And so you, you're, you're very buoyant anyway. And so you float, and uh, there's a lot of health benefits to it. A lot of people use it for concussion protocol. It is a uh, it is a pain reliever. And so how we got involved with these folks, to kind of give you some background, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I want to make sure that you guys know what's going on. The support's been amazing. I'm, I'm very humbled by your support. Um, so my wife, obviously, is a trail runner. We've talked about that on the show a few times before. She runs regularly hadn't been to run as much in the last year or so uh, but uh, she is always a person that is looking for physical recovery methods all kinds of stuff I mean she's got a foam roller and she you know, done hot yoga all kind of stuff like that anything you know we're getting older you know we're not spring chickens anymore we're both from the 1900s I will venture to say too a little, little trivia fact you don't know she's older than me people don't believe it but she is 
the love of a good man has kept her looking young. All that said, uh, she always wanted to try float therapy. She wanted to do the sensory deprivation stuff. And I remember we're Big Bang Theory fans. Many of you are. Some of you are not. We've watched that series multiple times. And uh, so in one episode, Sheldon and Amy, two of the main characters in the show, go to a sensory deprivation float. And she was like, oh, I've always wanted to do that. And I said, I think it'd be pretty cool, too. You know, because I'm, I'm a guy, too. My mind is always working. My mind is always thinking about the next thing. I'm a very task-oriented person. Like, as soon as I get up, as soon as my feet hit the floor, I'm thinking about everything i got to do today. And I go make lists and things like that. So my mind is always indexing, trying to find things. There's a lot of mental benefits to float therapy as well. And uh, so when she was out in Albuquerque, maybe the only good thing to come out of Albuquerque was uh, she went and tried it and uh, found they had a true rest franchise there in Albuquerque and uh, went. She called me as soon as she left. She goes, oh, my gosh, it's amazing. And I'm thinking, you know, how good can it be, right? I mean, I'm a person, maybe I'm a born skeptic, you know. I always try to believe the best in life and expect the best in life. But I never believe things are ever as good as people build them out to be. But my wife is not one that kind of majors in hyperbole. So when she says something's really good, I kind of peek up and take notice, right? She went a second time, and she loved it. Got a membership to save a little money because she planned to float regularly. And she goes, when you come out here, next time we got to try it. So I went, not expecting much. I just thought I'm going to go lay in this uh, pool of water in the dark. And uh, if nothing else, maybe I'll relax for about an hour. And uh, so I get in there, of course, you, you go in and you take your shower and it's a cold shower because you want to lower your uh, surface body temperature because the pot itself kind of responds to your body temp. And if you get in there and you're too hot, it'll try to cool you down. Laying in cold water for an hour is not any fun, as you guys know. But nevertheless, I tried it and uh, I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes into it, I kind of got settled, you know, found my place to float, was off the edge. And I don't know something began to kind of change. It really did. It was, uh, it was very comforting, very relaxing. I was at peace. And by the time it was over, and the hour went by rather quickly, I get out of there, I get cleaned up, and I walk out there, and I was like, man, I just feel different. I just feel different. And so I walk out, and I have this clarity of thought. Like, it's like I had this mental reset. Like, I had put my brain on a reboot. And all of a sudden, it was like everything was just kind of moving a little bit slower. And I felt like that my words were a little more deliberate. You know, it was kind of like I wasn't just like speaking to speak. You know, it was like I had purpose in things I did. And so I was like, this is really, really good. And so she walks out and she goes, hey, what'd you think? I said, oh, it was amazing. I enjoyed it. And she grinned at me and she goes, you know, when we retire, we should look into opening one of these in Starkville. Well, that's really all I needed to hear because there was a two-full purpose. For me, I'm thinking, hey, this is something super cool, and I want to help make Starkville a better place. They don't have any of these locations in Mississippi. How cool would it be to have the very first one in Starkville, Mississippi? So I emailed the company, spoke to them the next day, began to do my due diligence. I spoke to, I don't know, maybe a dozen franchisees around the country. Told them, hey, we're probably going to do this, but I want to know what you like about it, what you don't like about it. What would you do differently? Anonymity guaranteed. I'm not going to run back and tell them. 
11 of the 12 were overjoyed. One guy was a little bit measured in his comments, and you couldn't find out, too. He's one of these guys, too, that uh, tries to reinvent the wheel instead of just doing maybe the way things are supposed to be done. But all that said, I said, hey, this is a good deal. You get the business model, you work through all that stuff, and begin to think, hey, this could be, you know, a profitable business for us. And so I started pitching her on the idea. And I think she was skeptical that we could do it. And I said, we need to do this. It'd be amazing. Let's do it. And it's not just for us. It's like I think about all the health benefits that we've received in the time that we've uh, utilized this, this service. I think about so many of you would benefit from it. Whether it's just to reset the mind or perhaps you've got some physical ailments that perhaps you could help with, uh, I think it's a tremendous opportunity. And so we have uh, moved forward. We've made a uh, very substantial financial commitment. And uh, we've signed our documentation, so we've signed our life away. And you know, one day we were talking about it. My wife says, you know, babe, working nights, labor and delivery, it's a young woman's game. I'm not getting any younger. Taking a lot out of me. I don't have a lot of quality of life. And when she was in New Mexico some uh, some months ago, which is you know a dark time in my life, I, l- I look forward not to having to think about Albuquerque, New Mexico again. I hated being away from her, as you guys know if you listen to the show. But she was working 412s most weeks. And so when she's off, she had no quality of life. I mean, there's nothing to go do. And I thought, you know, if we could get something a little less um, taxing, we might actually extend her life. You know, continuing to work nights. I mean, her mom was a nurse, too, and basically worked until, uh, until she got really ill and, and passed away. I don't want that for my wife. I want her to be able to enjoy life and not have to work every day of her life. So a chance for us to open a business, be together more often, give her some things to do that uh, she'll enjoy because she has this need. I mean, nursing's a calling. Now, there are a lot of people that go into the medical profession and a lot of people don't understand, but a lot of it's, you know, there are a lot of people that are kind of born to help other people, and she's one of those kind of people that has a heart of service. And so this kind of feeds the need to continue to help people, but also, too, a chance for us to uh, open a business and really do something to improve our home. And I don't mean our residents. I mean Starkville. This is our gift to Starkville. We could have gone a lot of different directions with businesses. I guess we could have opened a Mexican restaurant. That seems to be popular. Uh, here in town, uh, and I eat at all of them at some point, not in any way being disrespectful. But we wanted to find something that perhaps there wasn't a lot of competition for, but also to something kind of unique, but also something that improved the quality of life of our neighbors. And so true rest is what we've landed on, and uh, we're exceptionally excited about it. And uh, what's interesting, too, is uh, the true rest folks are not big Twitter folks. They love Facebook and Instagram, and we'll do some TikTok stuff. My wife has never been a real big social media person, so she's kind of getting up to speed on that. Thankfully, we have kids that can teach us. Uh, but I've got a really big social media presence, and so we put out the tweet. Next thing you know, it's like over 30,000 impressions, and we drove over 1,000 people uh, to click the link on the TrueRest.com website. And uh, one of the biggest days they've ever had in company history when it's come to social media and Google Analytics so I think it kind of shows them, hey, number one, we partner with the right people. And uh, I'm exceptionally excited about it. We'll have more details to follow. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the show talking about today. But uh, we'll finalize the location here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we'll begin to build out and hopefully be open by the end of the year. They're kind of targeting November. But there's always, there's always setbacks. That's just life, right? 
And so, but the hope is to have it open later this year. And uh, one of the coolest things is, uh, you know, she's in the middle now of working through a contract. And uh, she gave her notice to her travel nursing company that her next contract would be her last contract. And your good friend and host is overjoyed about that development. So, again, something super cool coming to Starkville. And uh, one of the things that we're going to do, and if you know anything about me, uh, you know some things about her, right? Um, that's the reality of life, right? Everybody that is successful has a team behind them. And uh, we're not going to um, just give you some run-of-the-mill thing, right? We're, we're going to make this kind of a nice place. As Dana says, I want this to be an oasis of relaxation for people. So we're going to do some things uh, to make the space itself rather unique. When people walk into our business, of course, it is a representation of us. And so you want things to be uh, you, know, you know, clean and unique as we are, right? And so we're going to make sure that we give you guys a quality experience at a quality location, and uh, we're fired up about it. You know, matter of fact, I don't know that I've ever seen her this fired up about anything work-related. Uh, so super excited about all this, and uh, really, we love Starkville, Mississippi. And I think that's one of the things, too, that I wanted to share is that, you know, even though I've been here and I've covered Mississippi State and I've, you know, done a lot of great things in the time that I've been here. In some ways, I feel like a consumer to Starkville. And this will enable me to feel more like a contributor to Starkville. It's one thing. Listen, I cover Mississippi State stuff. We do a great job with it. I'm I'm not going to be shy about that or be humble about it. We do. We do the best job. And we've given you unprecedented coverage of Mississippi State Athletics, uh, jeanspage.com, for a long time. We have. So we're a huge part of the Mississippi State family. But I see that more globally than locally. And so I think with true rest... It's going to satisfy a need in me, too, uh, to really contribute something to our community. Super excited about that. And, uh, again, I don't know, maybe I've gotten 50 messages. That's not even counting all the tweets and Facebook comments, but just people that, hey, we're going to support you guys, and this is super cool. And a lot of people have had questions. They've reached out to Dana, of course. And, uh, listen, I appreciate you all so much. Uh, I'm just a small-town boy, man, from, from South Mississippi, and I take a lot of pride in that. But I do have a heart for people, and I love our community. And uh, I'm very fortunate to be in a position now that we can you know, hopefully bring this thing to fruition. So, again, there's still some hurdles to clear, right? I mean, you know, we've, we've got permission to use all their graphics and that sort of stuff. And, we, you know, we're bound to them, you know, but we got to find a location and got to get things finished. Uh, so we'll see, you know. But uh, super excited about this. And, um yeah, it's one of those things, too, you know, as, as a husband, you know, I mean, it's like every, if, if you've ever been a husband or if you're currently a husband or a significant other, whatever, it's like when you, you think in bigger terms, you don't just think about, you know, week to week or month to month or even year to year. You start thinking, you know, what is something that I can do to do that will, number one, enhance the quality of her life and also give her the opportunity to do something to enhance the quality of, of your lives? It's pretty significant. It's pretty special. It's something that's made me exceptionally proud, especially in the beginning. She was very intrigued by it, but I don't know that she thought we could pull it off. Uh, and here we are on the verge of pulling it off. So pretty amazing. But again, I, I love you all so much, and I love the city of Starkville. And I can't begin to, to think about, you know, if even if only half the people that come in there have the experience that I've had with it, I think it's a wonderful thing. There's so many of us who walk around so stressed out and full of anxiety. If you could just have a little moment's peace, right? How many times do you tell yourself, I just need a minute? 
What if you could take about 60 and just kind of shut the world out for a while and just kind of rest and allow your mind and your body to rest? It's an incredible thing. That's why it's called True Rest. So check out more information at truerest.com, and we'll have more details for you uh, as they unfold. But thank you so much for your support. Speaking of supporting good businesses, Bulldog Burger Company. Man, I, I get people all the time. My buddy Jeff Murrah sent me a picture the other day. He goes, I'll be better looking in just a few minutes. Of course, Jeff, he got the spring rolls. He did. He did. I didn't get a before and after picture, but I have been around Jeff, and I can tell you Jeff's a guy that probably benefits from the spring rolls. I need to get in there and get some spring rolls myself. I've been a little bit stressed myself getting all this stuff together. I look in the mirror and I think, you know what? Hey, it feels like a spring roll week. Go buy and have the spring rolls at Bulldog Burger Company. It'll make you and everybody around you better looking. It's actually on the menu. It is. It's in writing. Trust the science. That's what they told us. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in a rich and flowed area. Go buy and have a great restaurant, quality hamburger. It's one of those things, too, that uh, is a delicacy in life we can afford uh, you know, to spoil ourselves with, right? I'm, I'm, again, I'm a big proponent of this new Mississippi barbecue burger. It is outstanding. That's, uh, I think Jeff told me he got like the habanero on the side. Like he got that to kind of dip in. And the Jeff, of course, is a guy from South Mississippi. We're, we're dippers in the South. I don't know how that is for many of you, but we're we're dippers. We like to eat our food and then have a little something to dip it in, right? Go by and check them out today. You'll be glad you did. Get the chocolate shake to go. I'm kind of riding the Nutella wave right now. You need to treat yourself. Get that Shipley's uh, bread pudding to go, maybe. Put it in the fridge. Heat it up at night after everybody's asleep. And then you'll sleep that, uh, that night's sleep with a smile on your face. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's take a quick look around the league. We're almost running out of time talking about college baseball. Here's the thing, too. I look forward to it so much all year. And because we're not playing well, it's not as much fun, is it? You know, it's like you know, when you're scoreboard watching. I remember how much fun the 2016 season was. You know, you're going into that final weekend. You feel good about where you are. You need a little you know, help from around the league and got a chance to be a, you know, got to be a top eight national seed for the first time ever. That was one thing that used to bug us to no end because we used to host regionals regularly and they changed the format. We went to super regional format. Took us forever to win a super regional. Remember all that? It's tough, man. We talked about that this last night, about maybe the hottest game in the history of Duty Noble Field, that 07 uh, super regional against Clemson. We played 11 in the morning. It's terrible. Man, it was awful fun, though. We got that life strikeout. Absolutely incredible. Uh, but nevertheless, it hadn't been as much fun to talk college baseball this year because we're not excelling at that game. Auburn and Sanford also canceled last night. South Carolina upset last night by North Florida. 8-5, the Gamecocks have now lost four in a row. What's happening with the Gamecocks? Are they folding? I think they'll be okay. But I'll tell you this, there was nothing fluky about that win. North Florida, 14 hits in the ballgame. That's getting it done right there. I don't care if you're hitting SEC midweek pitching or not. You go out there and rack up 14 hits. That's getting it done. Uh, Vanderbilt, big win for them last night. They knock off top 25 Louisville, ranked 21st in the D1 baseball poll. Vandy, 12 to 8 winners uh, in that ballgame. Louisville did not help their cause with four errors in the game. A much more competitive game, I think, than we expected in Knoxville is Tennessee gets by Austin P 9-4. to 
in Austin P with seven hits in the ballgame. I thought that'd be a 10-run rule affair that ended in seven. It didn't. They, went, they got a full nine. Kentucky, nine, 10 winners over uh, Tennessee Tech. Kentucky now 34 and 13 overall. They're going to make the tournament. I think I'm the only person in the country to believe that. Maybe, maybe Nick, me and Nick Mingione back in preseason. I was wrong about South Carolina. I was right about Kentucky. I was wrong about Mississippi State, too. I'll just go ahead and add that caveat. I did say I didn't think Ole Miss would be nearly as good as people expected, but they're a lot worse than I think most of us expected. I don't think anybody expected State and Ole Miss to struggle with what they had this year. All right, UT Rio Grande, they lose in College Station 11-1 to Texas A&M. Three errors in the ballgame for Rio Grande. Nine hits for the Aggies in the 11-1 win there. LSU all over Northwestern State. That's our weekend opponent, the Tigers. 14-4 winners. Northwestern, the Demons of Natchitoches, limited to just four hits. Alabama, kind of figuring some things out here. They take care of Troy. You know, Troy's been a pretty solid mid-major. Alabama wins 7-2, 11 hits in the ballgame for the Crimson Tide offense. Pretty limited schedule uh, this evening in SEC college baseball as Georgia will host South Carolina Upstate. That'll be an SEC Network Plus game if, you, um, if you're interested in some college baseball tonight. Many of you will watch Major League Baseball or NBA stuff. But nevertheless, if you're hard up for some college baseball, you can watch that. Now, there is one series that opens on Thursday, and that's Auburn is at Ole Miss. You know, Auburn's safely in the SEC tournament right now. Uh, they haven't officially clinched, but um, they have a five-game lead over State and Ole Miss with six SEC games to play. So, barring something totally unforeseen, Auburn's in the tournament. Ole Miss down there with us, 6-18. and 18. I remember we talked about this on the show, that Ole Miss was a team that could probably lose 20 games in the Southeastern Conference this year. I think that's probably a reality at this point at 6-18. and 18. It's pretty amazing, though, that State and Ole Miss both could have losing records. And for them, they're a year removed away from a national championship. And what's interesting, you know, if you see and hear what their fans have to say, and of course you'd never trade the NAFL championship, but it's like, hey, it's kind of put them in an impossible situation. They wanted Bianco gone, which I still think was silly. He wins a NAFL championship. They signed a big extension. Now they're kind of stuck with him. And a lot of people are thinking, hey, if it goes bad next year, they're going to get rid of him. You know, you remember last year they were the last team in the tournament and got hot late. And that's the thing. It's not always about the best team. It's about, you know, be playing your best when it matters most, and they do. But Auburn's at Ole Miss. So we'll look forward to watching that game. Uh, that's an ESP, ESPNU broadcast at 7 p.m. Central. And then we get into the weekend. We'll preview the full weekend on Friday. Hi, Bulldog fans. Our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season. It's concert season. It's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store. 
Have a complimentary beverage or two. Shop the new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Let's face it, friends, we live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. you got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit 
Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Friday. And I want to give you guys a little bit of lead time here. I'm going to do my best to record the Friday show in the afternoon. My daughter's graduating at 8.30 a.m. Friday morning. So we'll go to lunch with the family and come back, and I'll record the show, and uh, we'll preview the weekend. But uh, just to kind of give you a little bit of a teaser, Vanderbilt is in Florida this weekend. That's a huge series right there, especially with Florida not playing well last weekend. Vanderbilt didn't either. Somebody's got to win the series, right? It's a 15-9, and 17-7 deal. Vanderbilt with a couple games lead on Florida. That is going to be in Gainesville. You like the, you know, Florida to win a game? Maybe two. We'll see. All right, Kentucky is at Tennessee. And you may recall last year, uh, the fighting Nick Mangione's took the series in Lexington against Tennessee. The only series loss in the regular season for the Volunteers last year was big news. And if you recall, the game went forever in a day, and Kentucky ends up walking that thing off. You know Tennessee will be ready, but, you know, Tennessee obviously uh, didn't play as well last weekend as many people expected, and Kentucky sweeps South Carolina. Kentucky is a much different team on the road. And, again, we'll, we'll kind of look at this a little bit more in depth on Friday. But, uh, you know, big series there, of course, with Kentucky 14-10 and 10 in the league with two weekends to go. They pick up a win. They're going to finish at 500 uh, in the SEC standings. So, Congratulations to Nick Mangione and that group. As we talked about, they just needed to avoid getting swept. And lo and behold, they sweep South Carolina. Now, at this point, you know they're in the tournament. It's just a matter of playing for seeding. If they pick up a couple of wins here against Tennessee and then down the stretch against Florida, you know, they're 16 and 14. They could potentially be in the hosting discussion, depending on how things shake out around the country. Our Georgia's at Missouri. Georgia's begun to play better here as of late. They're safely in the tournament, but at 27-21, not exactly setting the woods on fire, but uh, they will be at Missouri. And as Ole Miss learned, it's never fun to play Missouri in May in their ballpark. They're up on that hill. The wind's always blowing out. It's pretty crazy. But that'll be a fun series. And, of course, Missouri takes two out of three from Ole Miss last weekend, and they're still battling to uh, make sure they make it to Hoover. Currently, they are the 12th seed in the field, as it's projected today. So they probably think, hey, Georgia's coming in here. We got a shot. And if you've ever been to a baseball game in Missouri, it doesn't feel like a college baseball game. It really doesn't. All right, Alabama and Texas A&M. This will be interesting here. You know, A&M has kind of been hot or cold. Both of these teams, 11 and 13 in the conference. Alabama with a better overall record by four games. Somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. And so this is a huge series when it comes to the SEC tournament bracket. We talked about Auburn and Ole Miss. Uh, that'll be awfully interesting, too. South Carolina is at Arkansas. Now, Arkansas playing some really good baseball, but they have been uh, pretty Jekyll and Hyde this year. Just when you think Arkansas is about to run away with the West, they drop a big series, like getting swept by Georgia. And you think South Carolina is right there in the mix, and they're chasing Vanderbilt, they get swept by Kentucky. So they're, they're pretty much firmly out of it, I would think. We'll look at the standings here in a second, but I think it's going to be tough for South Carolina uh, to win the league. And, of course, Mississippi State's at LSU. Now, I will not be there Friday. I will be there Saturday and Sunday. And um, be my final SEC regular season games of the year. Again, reminder, next week, I will be in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee with the wife 
uh, for the 30-year anniversary trip. So just, again, understand, you'll get your shows, but um, we're not going to have, uh, probably the Friday show will be somewhat abbreviated. And that'll be in the middle of the A&M weekend. So I'll be at LSU this weekend. We'll, tech, we'll check out North Alabama on Tuesday, and then I'll make the uh, trip to uh, Chattanooga uh, for a few days. Surely you understand. But uh, interesting, interesting times. And I, listen, I'm a fan of college baseball, as you guys know. I, I, I rarely ever watch pro baseball anymore. The last strike kind of did me in. But as it stands today, Arkansas and Vanderbilt are tied for the SEC lead. So if, if they finish with the same record, of course, they're co-champions, right? And you have to figure out somebody for seeding. They're both awarded an SEC title if they tie. I don't know what the tiebreaker would be between the two, but uh, we can do the math as we get closer, it, but if it really matters, right? But uh, looking at the East, Vandy 17-7, Florida 15-9, South Carolina 14-9. Remember, they're short a game because they didn't complete the series with LSU. Kentucky's 14-10, right there in the thick of things to finish third in the conference. Tennessee, still 500, 12-12 with two weekends to go. You know, I guess theoretically they could still win the East. But you're five games back with six to play. It's not going to happen. Georgia 10 and 14, and then Missouri 7 and 17. And again, Missouri's just trying to extend their uh, season and try to find a way to get to Hoover. And on the west side of things, Arkansas, of course, 17 and 7. They're a game up on LSU in the win column. Also, by virtue of that South Carolina series, Alabama, A&M, Auburn, all log jammed right there together, 11-13. And And then down at the bottom, tied for 14th, I guess technically tied for 13th, but dead last is Mississippi State and Ole Miss. It it hurts to say that. It does. And it's like last year we did it and we say, well, you know, know, maybe we upset the apple cart, we won an apple championship, you know, maybe, maybe the baseball guys are punishing us. But, man, not for two years. Not for two years. I read a post the other day, I guess, said, you know what? As bad as it's been, if we're going to be back next year and Ole Miss has to deal with this again, maybe it's worth it. You know, it's not to me, but I understand the sentiment there. I just want to be back and be better next year. And uh, we're going to talk about that after the top ten list. What I think needs to happen. I'll give you my honest assessment of where things are, what needs to happen, what our needs are. And uh, you may not agree, and that's okay. That's okay. It's one thing about life. It irritates me some, to be honest with you. My wife's always like, I don't know why you let these things bother you. But I try to respect other people's opinion. You know, sometimes people will say things on, like on our message board on, on, on Twitter that are just completely false. That's one thing. It's one thing if something can be proven to be factually incorrect. But there are other times, too, when it's a matter of opinion, and I am mature enough now that more times than not, I, there, with rare exception, I am okay with you being wrong. And there are other times I've recognized that I'm wrong. There have been some things in life I've felt very confident about, so this is, this is what's going to happen, this is going to be, and it doesn't work out that way. And I just read it wrong. So I'm going to offer you my very candid assessment of where we are as a baseball program, uh, my feelings about Chris Simonis, what I think is going to happen, what I think should happen, and that will come up a little bit later in the show. And that's not to say that, that I'm completely right. You may be right, right? But I know at the end of the day, no matter how we both feel, we want what's best for Mississippi State. And I'm okay with being wrong and you being right as long as we turn this thing around. 
because this season's over, right? I mean, let's just be honest about it. There's, there's nothing to gain from this season. You, you know, we want to go out there. We don't want to lose out, obviously. But you and I both know this season is over in a matter of two weeks. And if we just happen to get to Hoover, you know, it'll be a short run in Hoover. I mean, I'd love to go out there and think, hey, we're going to go out there and you know, we'll catch fire and win the SEC tournament and find a way into a regional somewhere, and then, then it ends then. But, you know, I just, that's not going to happen. Right? I mean, it's like it's so crazy to think about that's the situation that we're in that we might not make Hoover. And if we do, in order to extend the season, we got to go win the whole shoot match. And that's beneath the expectations that we both have for Mississippi State baseball. All right, time for today's top 10 list. Brought to you as always by closewithblair.com. Blair is my friend, your friend, a friend to all those in need. I, t- I tell you, Blair uh, hit me up last night. And uh, one of the things that he was making me aware of, you know, summertime is a big time when it comes to the real estate industry. Things really, 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 really uh, have to go, you know, get going. Everything's got to get going this summer because people, we want to move before the kids are in school. Um, Kids are excited, obviously, because there's a new house, it's a new room. Uh, All that's really, very important, right? And so here's the thing, man. You need to work with somebody who's got 22 years of being a top producer in this industry. You deal with a guy that's got top 1% in the country back to back to back when it comes to close ratio. He knows how to advise his clients, man. You need somebody to help you guide the, through the process. And uh, here's the deal. Blair feels like that maybe we're on the cusp of seeing some interest rates start to drop this month. Inflation's going to come down, we expect, we hope. And as a result, the rates will come down. And so don't be surprised to start seeing some rates maybe in the lower fives by the end of the year. And it's important that you understand that you've got a guy working for you and not a guy just taking your application. I mean, we've all been there, right? I mean, it's like you go out, you fill an application, you feel like you're, the, you're kind of the straw that's stirring the drink. You're the person that's kind of pushing this. That won't be the case with Blair. You get Blair going, you get him fired up, He's going to do everything he can to get you to closing table. Works at Fairway Mortgage, very reputable lender. You can Google that, check it out yourself. Not some subprime, non-conforming, fly-by-night subprime lender. You're going to be dealing with a professional here. So go to closeatblair.com and uh, maybe give him a call. Or a text at his personal cell number, 601-500-2344, 601-500-2344. And let him know you heard about him on the bond yard. He's going to pay for your appraisal. How about that? How cool is that? About a $500 value. Pretty incredible stuff there. Again, as always, closewithblair.com. All right. We have uh, done a lot of artists on this show, as you guys are well aware. All right. So let's just kind of move forward here. Top 10 list. You know, we've done a lot of... uh, Major artist here. We've done Led Zeppelin a couple times in many ways. But we've never done Robert Plant's solo stuff, which I think Robert Plant obviously is uh, one of the best vocalists of my lifetime. And I am kind of feel privileged the fact that I lived at the same time Robert Plant did and got a chance to enjoy all this. Very extensive catalog, even beyond his time in Led Zeppelin. So let's start number 10, the uh, title track of the album, Carry Fire. It's a little bit kinder, gentler, Robert Plant these days. You know, back in the uh, you know 
60s and 70s, you know, Robert was very aggressive. But uh, a little more calm these days. But carry fire, a little more like Led Zeppelin in some respects. Some, different band backing them up, so the instrumentation is not the same. But uh, carry fire, number 10 on your list. From the Fate of Nations album, it's number nine. Probably my favorite track on this album, it's 29 Palms. Great one, great one, great one, great one. Number eight, Last Time I Saw Her. Pretty cool track. Maybe not as uh, nostalgic as the title might suggest. Number seven, this was actually a song that was written for the uh, Plant Page album. And it was re-recorded with Alison Krauss and uh, won a Grammy. It's Please Read the Letter. Very, very uh, emotional song in many respects. And uh, when my wife and I, again, taking the anniversary trip next week, one of the things that we always did when we would take our anniversary trips, I'd always buy a CD that was kind of the uh, CD of the weekend of the year. And I remember buying that Alison Krauss Robert Plant, the first time they worked together, and we stayed at this little uh, this little Airbnb out in uh, St. Francisville. Went and uh, walked the Clark Nature tr- Park, and and just had a great time together. We love St. Francisville. It was a great respite from getting out of the city in Baton Rouge. And so, anytime that I think of that album, one of the songs comes on a playlist, it takes me back. That it's kind of laying around, lounging in the hot tub going out having some great food and how cool and chill the music was set up for a really good weekend number six and i I would venture to say the top six is probably like if if you were putting your top 10 list together robert plant solo tracks i suspect these top six would be your six we may not agree on the order but really really strong it's ship of fools number six ship of fools Number five, Heaven Knows. I love it. You will too. It's got a great vibe to it. What kind of fool am I? Heaven Knows. Number four, a song that's actually been remastered here recently in the last few years. It's The Hurting Kind. I got my eye on you. That's who you are. One of the hurting kind. Number three, it's in the mood. I'm in the mood for a melody. I'm in the mood. Mike Myers did that in one movie. I can't remember which one, or some silliness with Mike Myers, who was a national treasure. Some of you young folks are saying, Steve, who's Mike Myers? Well, he's Austin Powers. In addition to that, he was Wayne on Wayne's World. It was amazing how Wayne's World, you know, it started out like as a little skit on SNL. Next thing you know, it was a movement. The guy's based out of Aurora, Illinois, doing a cable access show. Eventually became a couple movies. They were great, the first one especially. Number two, it's Big Log. And I've always loved the vibe of this one. I love the guitar on it. It's very different than anything else Robert Plant has done. And uh, you don't even realize maybe the title of the track you know, it's just it's just different. It's just a good vibe song. It's a good driving song. I like to listen to the Robert Plant Essentials at times when I drive because they mix in some what's up on in some of the solo stuff. But Big Log, to me, is just one of those tracks 
that uh, really is a high point in the solo catalog of one Robert Plant, who, sh who should probably be knighted, to be honest with you. Number one, and this is a song that really reintroduced Robert Plant into the American music scene. Now, his first couple of solo albums were very successful, but this was a modern hit, thanks a lot to MTV. And of course, Robert Plant, we knew him as the dude from What's Up when we didn't understand maybe the wealth of talent that he had and the depth of his vocal catalog. Uh, there was a lot of criticism in some respects about this song, though. And we're talking Tall Cool One. That's your number one song off the Now and Zen album. Now and Zen, a phenomenal album. Be sure and check it out. It, once you listen to the top ten list and say, hey, I'd like to hear more, Now and Zen is where you start. An incredible album. But there's some Led Zeppelin tributes in this and there were a lot of people too it's so funny to look back in hindsight at the end of it they do a little dj thing and a lot of people said i can't believe robert plant one of the godfathers of classic rock would have any elements of rap because rap was considered a passing fad right and the writer didn't rap but some of the instrumentation in the end was a little more modern and so you've got some DJ stuff there, but you've also got some Led Zeppelin riffs at the end of the song, Tall Cool One. It is an amazing track. Is you know, lighten up, baby. I'm in love with you. Love it. Absolutely love it. My favorite Robert Plant solo track. Uh, be sure and check it out. You'll be glad you did. And uh, thanks, as always, to Roy Samante, Mississippi State alum, proud Bulldog alum, Roy Samante, who takes the time out of his busy day three times a week put these things together and in time so send me ideas for top 10 lists he also filled your request you can get your request to roy on twitter at dogmatic67 that's d-a-w-g-m-a-t-i-c-6-7 you can find me on all forms of social media at scout steve r uh, roy also was available on facebook and he's happy to uh, field your messages he keeps a very extensive spreadsheet of who we've done who we haven't done I had a great idea last night. I said, Roy, what if we do people that had uh, big hits, bands, big hits with second singers? He goes, yeah, it's a great idea. We've already done it. And he's right. I wasn't sure, but I thought maybe we had. So we've already done second singers, but uh, we're always looking for good ideas. And sometimes you send an idea in and we think it's a good one. And then for a while it has to marinate. So don't think we've just moved on from your idea. And sometimes things come up a little more intriguing, you know. And uh, next week we're going to do... Uh, one for Roy's uh, homeland. He's asked for that. So we're going to take care of that and uh, look forward to doing that next week. But again, if you have ideas for the top 10 list, reach out, let us know. We'll be happy to do it. You can find our great top 10 list on Spotify under the same handle, Dogmatic67. Be sure and give Roy a follow on social media and on Spotify. That way our top 10 list will auto-populate uh, to your, uh, your, you know, your subscription to Spotify. Uh, there's a lot of people that have said, Steve, I love the top 10 list because it reminds me of some old favorites, but it also introduces me to new bands. So we're happy to do that for you. A nice little break in the show, right? And uh, I've had so many people that comment on Facebook or will send me private messages and say, hey, Steve, I didn't want to argue with you, but you're wrong on this. And that's okay. That's the thing about art. It's all in the uh, mind of the interpreter, right? I mean, the mind of the observer. There are some songs, too, for me, they're like a time machine. It's the greatest time machine in the world. You can hear a song and all of a sudden you're right back in high school and you can remember certain things and smells and the way you felt and other parts in your life perhaps when uh, 
when you're feeling good about life. And, you know, like yesterday, I'll give you a good example. I was, uh, I can't remember where I was. I got a tattoo yesterday, got some uh, ink therapy done. And uh, after that, that's where it was. After, after I got the tattoo, I went to eat at Spuds in Pontotoc. I've eaten there a couple times, walk in. The guy's got a bunch of tattoos on. Hey, man, I like your ink. Thank you very much. I like yours, too. We get to talk, and I'm sitting there waiting for my food, and uh, Dust on the Bottle from uh, David Lee Murphy came on. I love that song. I always have. It's a very well-constructed track. It is. And you think about life. I mean, how many times do you hear a song, and it's like, man, man, I love this woman so much. Or, man, I love this guy so much. Or I love this person or that person or whatever. I don't care if you love an alien, man. As long as you're happy, you're not hurting anybody, right? That's how life works. But sometimes I'm listening to that song and I got, I got in such a good mood. I was like, man, you know, it's, it's always been a song in my life I've always listened to. Is, you know, my wife and I have been through some stuff, man. We have. Like all of you, no relationship is perfect, especially when you go through it 30 years. You spend 30 years together, you know? It's like... There's ups and downs and everything, you know, and, it's, and that, I think that's what the song's talking about. And it might be a little dust on the bottle, but don't let it fool you about what's inside. You know, I don't, I don't know what works for you guys. I know what works for us. And uh, I, I can tell you, there is, to me, there is nothing better than being in love. Nothing. Nothing better. And then I, I have so many people, too, that have said, hey, you know, I look at you and Dana, and it's like couple's goals for me. And I can tell you, it's, it's, it hadn't always been easy. That's the truth. And, I, and last year was very, very difficult on, on your good friend and host, as I articulated on this show many times. And um, now the reality of it is, is you know, I've shared this with people you know, many times, but especially in the last year. When there is that person that when you're without, you're just not right. Right? Or sometimes you get away from somebody and you're both better off. Right? I mean, distance is good. Like you, all of a sudden you can find some peace in life. But when you lose your peace because you lose your person, it's kind of confirmation that's your person. And it's not just because of the fact that, hey, there's some things, and when she's not here, I got to do it all, right? You know, that's true. But I'd rather do it all and have her here than not have her here and have to do half of it, right? I mean, that's just, that's part of it. And, uh, you know, she's been a part of my life for so incredibly long. I mean, I met her when I was uh, 20 years old. And I'll be 51 this July. Again, I'm from the 1900s, you know, and I don't know how much time I got left. I don't, and do any of us. But I do know this. I do know that a day in love is, uh, to me, is better than a month without or a year without. You know, to, to experience true love is a very, very important thing. It absolutely is. And uh, for those of you that uh, are experiencing that, God bless you. And for those of you that aren't, uh, don't give up. Love is the greatest of things. It is. There's nothing like having somebody that accepts you for you despite your flaws. And there are so many times I look at things that I've done and, you know, the way I've behaved at times, I think to myself, how in the world could this person put up with all this for me? What's well, because she loves me. And, um, you know, there is um, a lot to that. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but one of the things, and maybe my definition of, of love is old school. Maybe it is. And uh, there's a lot of modernization today, and people are trying to tell you what you feel and you know, convince you that you should love this and love that and hate this and hate that. And the roles are changing and all that kind of stuff. But uh, to me, in many respects, love is a d dependency on somebody else. And I don't mean a codependency. I mean a healthy dependency that that person kind of fills in your gaps. 
and makes you a better person. And I think that's what Dana and I do for each other. We make each other better. All right, time for the next segment of the show. As always, brought to you by Campus Bookmart. Campus Bookmart, a Stark building and institution. Been here forever and a day. Will probably be here long after we're all gone. Doing a great job for a great fan base for many, many years. Very neatly positioned on the backside of campus. You can swing through there, do your game day shopping, and then make the turn on the campus. Next thing you know, a couple short minutes, you're right there at Mississippi State's historic sporting venues. Great selection, perhaps the best selection in an own universe at Campus Bookmart if you're looking for Mississippi State merch. Uh, go by and check them out. See their smiling faces, a lovely, talented Susie, Miss Kathy Brown, Miss Pam Menard. Everybody up there will do you a great job. They'll treat you like family because in their minds you are family. If you're not privileged enough to make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 bucks, absolutely incomplete. Football season will be here before you know it. Uh, spring arrivals have already uh, made their appearance. It's time to start outfitting the family and start thinking about that uh, game day outfit, ladies. I know many of you... Uh, you know, want to dress special during football season. You don't want to look like you did last year. So treat yourselves, treat dad, and treat all the kids with some new Mississippi State merchandise from Campus Bookmark. Okay. A lot of discussion about Bulldog baseball. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I really thought we would be better. I didn't think we'd be great. I thought we'd be better. I thought maybe we win a couple of series because there's so much parity in the league that we could be in the hosting discussion. But I thought, hey, we'll probably be a number two seed somewhere, maybe a number three. We're not. We're going to be very lucky to make Hoover. And considering the historic season that Hunter Hines is having, it just feels like such a waste, right? I mean, that just adds another layer to every bit of this. It's bad enough it's two years in a row. But then we've got a guy out here doing some things that's rarely been done in our program's history, and for the second consecutive year, one of the best players in the Southeastern Conference is probably not even going to have a postseason. That's tough. And if you don't think that's going to be used against you on a recruiting trail, you're kidding yourself. So people ask me, say, Steve, what do you think should happen? My honest opinion is, if I were making the decision, and I know this won't be popular, I'd give Lamontis another year with a new pitching coach. I'd do everything I could to give him the resources and the support he needed to go out and get the best pitching coach he could possibly get in the game of baseball. Whatever it took. If we got to reallocate some funds, if we got to redraw some things up, we got to do that. And it's not just because of the nostalgia of the fact that Chris Lamontis won an AFL championship here. Deep down, I know Chris wants to be here. I've had people that have messaged me, do you think Lamontis even wants to be here? Yes, he does. Mississippi State is the alma mater of his parents. Chris Simonis was born here in Starkville. Chris Simonis has won a NAFL championship here. Chris Simonis set an SEC record for uh, wins for a first-year head coach in the conference, in the history of this conference. But it's not just about Chris. And, and listen, I get it. You know, I've been there for all these games for two years, home and away. I understand the quality of the product that we put on the field, and it is well beneath our tradition and our expectations. 
Done the research of four tutors, never been a college World Series coach, fired within two years of winning an NFL championship. People say, yeah, but, you know, how many of them had two consecutive bad years? Very few. Very few. You can count them on one hand. Because usually you win an NFL title, maybe you have to retool or reload for a year, but usually you're, you're right back in contention for something in year two. And so, yeah, it, it's a... It's a difficult situation. And the main thing is we're all trying to avoid, hey, we can't let this thing cascade into three years. Here's the thing that I would say. Okay, first, continuity is important when it comes to recruiting. When I spoke with Zach Selman this week, we talked extensively about that. You know, it's recruiting is a big piece of this. All right, so for the recruiting class of 2023, Mississippi State signed the eighth best class in the country according to Perfect Game. It's pretty good. Matter of fact, some would say really good, potentially great. You know, got a handful of teams ahead of us in our own conference that finished ahead of us, including Ole Miss. You look at the 2024 group, though, Mississippi State sixth in the country. Sixth. Recruiting at a really high level. You look ahead to 2025, Mississippi State's right outside the top ten there with some room to operate. But you start thinking about stacking these classes together, and you start feeling, hey, you know, hey, so what happens to these classes when making coaching change? Well, I'm a firm believer in that no pitcher or player is bigger than the program, right? Nothing's bigger than the M over S. And I don't think you should ever make a decision about a, a coaching change based on a recruit. However, when you think about how we have been so talent deficient and you think about what we have coming in next year, uh, let's look at the 2023 class. Uh, shortstop Dylan Cup out of Cedartown, Georgia, listed by many as in the top 200 prospects in the country. Some people think he has a second or third round grade now. I'm told he's coming to school. Now, there's still some decision-making process that he has to go through. Right? I mean, you know, it's one thing to say you're coming to school now, but then all of a sudden somebody shows up with a, a seven-figure check. It could be different. However, all indications are that Dylan Cobb's going to come to school. Uh, you think about Ethan Pulliam. Ethan's going to come either way. Love that kid to death. He played soccer with my youngest son. Uh, they are fellow seniors at Starville High School. They will graduate together. They don't hang around all the time. But I, I have been familiar with Ethan since I have been in Starkville. This is a young man that I believe is going to do some big things. He could also help us as a punter. He's a big-time player. Outfielder Aiden Smith out of Texas, out of Lovejoy. I'm told he plans to come to school. Arguably the best center fielder in the state of Texas. You start putting these things together, and you kind of see where I'm going with this. K.K. Clark, the younger brother of Kellum Clark. You know, he's coming off Tommy John surgery. You know, we still think that guy's got a bright future ahead of us. Uh, Colin Hawk out of Parkview, Georgia. He's a guy that's a bit of a draft risk, too. We feel really good about him. He got a junior college catcher, Jackson Owen, coming in from northeast Mississippi. That'll provide a little bit of depth. I think Ross is the future there. Right-handed pitcher, Cam uh, Shaluki. I'm, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that incorrect. A junior college arm. But you got some dudes in this class that can make you a better team next year. And so what I suspect will happen, thinking of next year, right? I think you got to go to the portal and get a third baseman. If Cup comes to school as we expect, 
that guy's going to be your shortstop. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, Jacob Gonzalez. And listen, I know it's like, oh, we're talking on Miss Steve. Well, well, Jacob Gonzalez is a dude. I don't care where he went to school. That kid can really play. I've had some people tell me Dylan Cup is at that same level. He has that type of ability. He is a guy that could play his way into being a future first-round draft pick. And if he is willing to come to school, that is a very significant development for Mississippi State. Well, Steve, what does that mean for David Marchand? Well, you move David to second. You know, Dave Marchand obviously is a guy that can play the middle infield. Uh, the transition actually from short to third is even a little more difficult than it is to second, to be quite honest with you. Your guys that play shortstop already know how to range to their right, having to defend the six hole. So ranging back up the middle as a second baseman, it's not that big a departure from what they're, they're comfortable with. The throw to first is a little bit shorter. And if you notice, Marchand has a big arm, but he also can he can take a little something off there. And so all of a sudden you start thinking – if I have Dylan Cup here, and I don't think Dave Mershon, even though he got some draft interest late last year, I don't think he's a three-year guy. I think that's a guy that could be here for four years, to be quite honest with you. But even if he's only here for two more, you bring him in with Cup, all of a sudden your middle infield is set there for a couple of years, provided everybody stays healthy. And maybe you go get you a proven guy at third base. And listen, all due respect to everybody that has worn the M over S. But guys, it has been a decade or more since we have had a sure enough legitimate third baseman. And that's no disrespect to Cameron James, who tried it for a while. And Cam, hey, Cam was a guy that uh, probably better offensive player times than defensive guy. But we need a sure enough guy at the hot corner that can hit double-digit home runs and to shore things up over there. I mean, it's like I'm so envious, like when I see Arkansas and Vanderbilt and teams like that come in and they have a third baseman that makes it all look so easy. And the last few years, and we've had a ball hit the third, especially this year. This year it's been – I'll just go ahead and say it. This year's been terrible. It's been a little bit better as of late. It hadn't been up to expectations. But how many times does the ball get hit to the left side of the infield and you hold your breath? Used to, hey, as soon as it happened, like, oh, it's an out. You remember how confident you were in Omaha? How great we were playing defensively, especially on the infield? Anything hit on the ground to the left side, you said, that's an out because Forsyth and Cam are playing exceptionally well. Absolutely outstanding. And, again, I feel good about Ross. And, you know, uh, Connor Hyzak actually has got another year. We don't expect him to be a draft risk either. Um, so, we think he'll be back next year. You know what you got with Dakota Jordan. Ledbetter is going to go early, you know, probably first three rounds of this draft. And so, does that open the door for Aiden Smith to come in and play as a freshman? I mean, you see the, the development Dakota Jordan's had. If Aiden Smith comes in and has the big fall, you know, maybe you're settled there. Maybe go in the portal and get a guy. I don't know. But you got to get a couple of arms. And that's one of the questions that I, I've had throughout this year. And I've asked it in press conferences and I've asked it privately. How does Mississippi State, a program of our stature, not have a couple of shot, shut down weekend guys? And nobody's ever been able to give me an answer. And a lot of it's because of the fact we've had some recruiting misses. We have. We allocated a lot of scholarships last year to arms, and you start thinking, okay, Nate Dome, back next year. Colby Holcomb, back next year. Bradley Lawson hadn't pitched much this year. He's had a little bit of up and down issues with some arm trouble. He's going to be fine. He is. He's going to be fine. Don't get him cleaned up, kind of get him going. Uh, Gerangelo, you know what he's got there, but he's been kind of up and down, especially here as of late. I think he's lost his confidence a little bit. That's why I think hiring the right pitching coach makes all the difference. But when you start to think about – what you have returning, Hunter Hines at first, Marshawn at second, Cup coming in, playing short, go get you a portal third baseman, Dakota in left, 
Maybe you move Dakota to center. I don't know. Connor Hyzak obviously will be a factor. Ross Highfield. I apologize for that. We get excited around here every once in a while. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, I feel good about what we have come back defensively. And I think about, okay, not just about the pitchers we have coming back. What about the guys who are unavailable this year, right? Stone Simmons, I'm told his bullpens as of late have been outstanding. Brooks Auger is back. You know, Brooks is a guy that had some big moments for us last year before he got injured. Uh, Nate Williams is a guy that you guys don't even know yet. But Nate Williams is a guy that, uh, you know, 94 to 95 regularly, a little bit higher. That's a guy that we didn't even get the opportunity to see this year. And so you start thinking about what you got coming back. I think there is a good nucleus of players coming back. There will be some leave, and some of them be our decision. And there will be some others that, uh, that come in. And, again, I don't think we have to be as aggressive in the portals we were last year. I know many of you may disagree, but I think a lot of it's because there are some guys on the roster that perhaps uh, have not been available this year that will be next year that will make a difference. Now, you could say maybe some of these guys that are kind of rounding back into good health, you could throw this year. Why would you do that, though, with two weeks left? You wouldn't want to waste a year of eligibility on those guys. You, I mean, you wouldn't do it to their futures, right? I mean, obviously you wouldn't do that. That wouldn't be fair. It would be selfish. But when you begin to think about, you know, what we have coming back and the jump that Dakota Jordan perhaps will make next year. I mean, Dakota could be a guy, certainly be a double-digit home run guy. But, you know, Pico's a guy – you know, had Tommy John this year. Maybe he's available next year. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. But, yeah, Nate Williams, the guy that came out of junior college, we expected big things from him. And as soon as he got here, you know, we, he was injured. And uh, maybe he showed up injured. I don't know. But, you know, we've got some dudes that are coming back. Again, I, I think he'd give him another year. I do. Now, there's got to be some parameters about all that. You know, there's got to be some expectations. We can't just simply be better next year, right? We've got to be back on a trajectory that takes us back to Omaha. I'm not saying it's Omaha or bus next year, but we've got to say, hey, you know what? Hey, we're a tough team. We're competing for some things. We're looking to potentially host. Uh, we're looking to, uh, you know, maybe get to a super regional. Uh, there are some people out there that say, hey, it's Omaha or bus or super or bus. You know, I, I think next year we have got to be an easy NCAA regional team. In order to fill out the, okay, we have weathered the storm. Yes, we've had some injuries. Last year was much worse on the injury front. This year it's been about ineffectiveness. And uh, I just, that's my honest opinion. I know that it won't be the popular opinion, but I'll be honest with you. I want what's best for Mississippi State. I believe and listen, I was embarrassed on Saturday, too. We're dropping pop flies. It's inexcusable, man. It is. And I think, you know, if you're Zach Selman, you sit them on us down and say, hey, this is not indicative of what we expect with our program. This is not up to the standards that the letter winners before this program uh, has produced has demonstrated. And so, yeah, I think you give them a short leash, but I think you give them another year. Because well, let's just say this. And, again, it all starts with pitching. It doesn't end there. Some of your defensive issues are related to pitching. Some of your offensive issues related to pitching. you got to clean some things up, obviously, because there have been some times we've pitched it pretty well and hadn't played really good defense or we hadn't played good offense. So it's not just limited to pitching. I don't think just getting a pitching coach solves all of our ills. 
But I do know that uh, whether you're coaching or playing, when you have no confidence in your pitcher, you press, you play tight, you make mistakes. You're thinking, if I ever get it, i got to make the play. And there's just so much pressure. You're trying so hard to get an out to help your team and to save your pitcher from having to uh, to throw another one. I mean, it's like oh, we, we rolled up a ground ball. We've got to make this play. And you need to have that level of urgency, but sometimes that's a negative thing. Sometimes you don't play relaxed. You don't play smooth. You don't play clean because you're putting so much pressure on yourself. I got to make a play. Got to make a play. And sometimes you can't even make the routine play because you're so worried about having to make a spectacular play. On the offensive side of it, when you go out there thinking, man, we got to score 10 runs today, it's so difficult to stick with the game plan. You may go out there and go trust says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to work middle of the field. We're going to work away. We're going to do this. We're going to sit and look fastballed, and we'll readjust the next time through the order. We'll see what's working for him, if he can throw the breaking ball for a strike. Well, then all of a sudden, you know, the second time through the order, you're down 6 nothing. Well, the game plan's going out the window at that point. Now we're just trying to get some guys on base, and then we have some guys that are young, that are not mature hitters yet, and they have a see-ball-hit-ball mentality. That's one of the things I think is so remarkable about David Marchand. I mean, what did he have, seven walks last weekend? I know he had six. That's a freshman guy up there that clearly knows baseball, clearly knows baseball and understands, hey, it's a long game. I just got to find a way to get on base, move this order along, give the guys behind me a chance to push me in. Dave's not going to be a home run hitter guy. He can be a table setter, though. And you need more guys like that. Again, I think you've got a young nucleus of guys and a good recruiting class coming in and some of the healthy guys that are returning it. Because, like, some of this stuff you look at and say, man, this is all we have available. we got to go get in the portal and probably get a half dozen pitchers. If you found guys out there that were like Stone Simmons and Brooks Auger, if they were available, you'd take them. Well, you, they are. You have them. So you don't have to go allocate that scholarship for somebody else. Nate Williams has got it. It's a big power pitcher. And it's like, okay, well, we could go get a guy like that. Well, you have him. You have him. He's already here. He's already got an apartment. He's already attending your classes. He just hadn't been available to you this year. And so I want to illustrate that because here's what happens, and I'm guilty of this sometimes too. We become prisoners of the moment. What is best long-term for Mississippi State baseball? There are many people out there that believe, hey, Steve, we have to make a coaching change. And what's interesting to me is there will be some people I'll, I'll say, okay, well, this is what I think. And we don't have to agree. I could be completely wrong. And I know many of you are hoping that I'm wrong because you want some fresh blood in here. I don't disrespect your opinion. I disagree with it, but I don't disrespect it. But if people are like, hey, you know, we've got this, we've got that, and – not fully realizing the other players that are out there that are already on your campus that should be able to contribute. And had you had them this year, it's probably a different scenario altogether. But, yeah, we've had some big recruiting misses, especially on the pitching side, for sure. And it's impacted everything else on our program. And Chris Simonis didn't forget how to coach. And I don't know that Chris gets enough credit, but the reality of it is is when you look through the lens of all this the last two years, you you – question it you do it's only reasonable to question it and say you know what hey maybe he got lucky because you know he came in here and there was a roster that was t- you know stacked with talented players and I go back and I remember there were so many people that I uh, didn't think Jordan Westberg would ever amount to anything I remember your former baseball coach John Cohen telling me uh, first year that Jordan Westberg was here he's a big leaguer that kid's a big leaguer not there yet 
but he's close, considered one of the best prospects in the Orioles organization. Justin Foscue, big leaguer, right? So you inherit those guys, and of course they don't come back because they get, they get drafted in the abbreviated draft of 2020. I believe that 2020 team would have gone to Omaha too. Now it's easy for me to say we didn't play, right? We, we got canceled right before the Arkansas series. And so, you know, what he had Jake Mangum and he inherited, uh, you know, Ethan Small, you know, all these guys that uh, obviously were great players. And so the evaluation piece, I think it's reasonable to question some of that, right? But when I think about, okay, let's go to perfect game. Let's look at their rankings. And all of a sudden you start stacking you know, back-to-back-to-back top ten classes. It's not just our evaluation. It's a shared industry evaluation. The problem is, is when you couple the injuries with the recruiting misses, you get what we've gotten the last couple of years. You know, and I think Foxhall was a guy too. I think, I think last year you go through it, and I remember like it was yesterday. You know, I go on the road and I go down and do post-game uh, video and, and interviews. And uh, Foxhall, even if I didn't interview him, which we rarely ever did, usually I would interview Scott in, in his office or whatever. But when I would go down to the field, Scott would always speak to me, always. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Wave at least. Sometimes he'd come over and mention a few things, whatever. And after the two-lane series, you know, we lose Landon Sims, he wouldn't even look at me. So I knew it was bad. Then we lose Stone Simmons, and I could just look at the, the look on his face, and I was like, this is not good. And many of you, if you remember, again, kind of like we're talking now, I'm trying to fill in some blanks here. People are like, why in the world we pull Stone Simmons? That not make any sense. And I asked the same question in postgame. He had a phenomenal eighth inning. Why didn't we bring him out for the ninth? Well, we didn't have the luxury of knowing that Stone Simmons has torn his UCL. But we question it, and people crush the staff and crush Foxall and crush Lamonis. I can tell you that this past year, Scott Foxall didn't speak to me very often. And it's not because we're not friends. I think Scott was just kind of beaten up. It's like last year, it's like, okay, listen, I'm a great coach. Two years ago, I was the assistant coach of the year. Won a NAFL championship, set an NCAA record for strikes out of the year. Man, my stock has never been higher. Well, last year, he's like, well, you know, we had these injuries. We lose Landon. You know, we had to retool the entire weekend rotation. It's a year of transition. We run lucky. Then it happens this year. I think you begin, I think you lose confidence in yourself. You start asking yourselves, did we really just get lucky? Now, you talk to the players, they'll tell you, hey, now we got, we, we, we got good coaching. We did. And I remember that day sitting there in Omaha, Jag Mangum, a teary-eyed Jag Mangum telling Chris Simonis, you're going to lead this program to its first NFL championship. Now, I'm fairly close to it. Many of you follow it, but you're not close to it. Nobody's ever been closer to it than Jag Mangum. And so if Jag Mangum can give his ringing endorsement of your coach and say, hey, you're going to be the guy to do it, and then he does it, I'm going to put some stock in that. And, of course, Jake caught up in the moment a little bit there too. But, you know, th- those were very, you know, heart-spoken and well-intended comments about your baseball coach. And so, yeah, I believe he deserves another year. And, again, I know that I'm probably in the minority with that. And I'm okay with that. And, you know, if you make a coaching change, I think it's the wrong decision. But you know what? If you get the right guy, I can get behind that too. Because I don't think there's going to be a lot of big jobs available this year. There's some guys out there that are very intriguing. You know, like a lot of people mentioned Justin Hare from Campbell. I love that guy, man. When they were here, we had a chance to meet him. We interviewed him. He was, he was phenomenal. He was great with the media. He was so excited to be here. 
you know, the, the, the question that I have about guys like him is can he beat LSU on the recruiting trail? Can he beat Auburn on the recruiting trail? Can he beat Ole Miss on the recruiting trail? And you say, well, yeah, he can. Well, he's never done it before. They're recruiting at a different level. Campbell is a developmental program. Right? You go out and you get that scratch and dent guy that maybe East Carolina or NC State doesn't want, and you develop them, and you kind of tool your roster with guys like that with a bit of a chip on their shoulder to feel like they were under-recruited. Well, that philosophy is not going to work at Mississippi State. We can't recruit that way. Yeah, there has got to be some element of development, but we've got to go out and get plug-and-play players. In the neighborhood in which we live, there is no patience. And I think Justin Harris is ready to make the next move. I do. And maybe he gets the Alabama job, which I would hate. But even then, recruiting to Alabama baseball is not like recruiting to Mississippi State baseball. You know, in Alabama, you know, they're, they're happy to make a regional. We're disappointed if we don't make Omaha. And, of course, they have the luxury of having uh, you know, phenomenal football and, as of late, a basketball program. So, you know, baseball is just kind of a bonus. You know, for us, it's one of the main ingredients. And so I think it's important to let, – let's take a 30,000, you know, square-foot view of this thing rather than just kind of narrow it down in the moment being all emotional. And I think, you know, Zach Selman, when I met with him the other day, fairly noncommittal. You know, obviously he says, uh, you know, we're not meeting the standard. But he says, you know, it's all about recruiting. And then all of a sudden, if that's the baseline of all this, if we're going to say, hey, it's about recruiting, it's about players, you know, making a coaching change might be something detrimental to those recruiting efforts. When you think about all of a sudden you've got these kids signed, do they ask out of their NIL or their national letter of intent? Do you have some uh, big-time players leave? And, And so my worry with all of that, if we make a coaching change, and we may. I don't expect it, but we may. I mean, if, if we just go completely in the, in, down the tubes these last two weekends and get embarrassed, I mean, it, it's going to be difficult to stand up here and, uh, and offer any defense of Chris Simonis. It is. Got to win some ball games, right? You got to give Zach some evidence. I don't think they want to fire him, but I think you've got to give him some ammunition to defend you. But we all kind of see the same things. I think it's important to understand that. We all see it. But if we make a coaching change and you have some of your key players hit the portal, which is always a possibility, it may be a possibility anyway, whether you make a coaching change or not. And then you have some of your you know, premium prospects say, well, you know what, I'm just going to go pro, or I'm going to ask out of my letter of intent, I'm going to go somewhere else. Is that better for our program next year? And you could argue, well, Steve, you know, maybe that's necessary. You know, maybe we're playing, you know, chess and not checkers. Maybe we, we take the lump now. But my concern is if we make a coaching change, and then we, okay, then we got to go out and, and go get in the portal, right, to replace these guys that leave. We'll be bringing all these mercenaries, right, guys that, um, you know, for one reason or another, looking for somewhere else to play, some good, some bad. And uh, your high school recruiting takes a dip. Does this two-year – bump in the road, become a three, four, maybe a five-year bump in the road? Because if you hit year three and you got to hit on all these portal guys and they don't, then all of a sudden, well, we got to get our players in. You play the young guys. And all of a sudden, Dakota Jordan's gone. Hunter Hines has gone. You know, who replaces them? It's not sustainable to consistently have to go dip into the portal. It's one thing to go supplement what you have if you've got a, a glaring need, but you can't 
that can't be the lifeblood of your recruiting. And so if it becomes a situation, well, we go out, we got to get a bunch of staff guys for 2024. And then the recruits that, uh, you know, you had this great recruiting class and you lose some of the key pieces of that, then you're depending on them to develop in 23 and then play in, or, or excuse me, develop in 24 and play in 25. I could see this thing being elongated. Now you go out and you get the right guy to hit the ground running or whatever, it's a different situation. But so many people have asked me my opinion, and, I, and that's my opinion. I think Chris should get another year. And it's not because of any personal allegiance to Chris. It's because I think that is the best course of action for our program. I know this, this show will, will spark a lot of emotional reaction because we're tired of losing. We're absolutely tired of losing. We're tired of being embarrassed. We take a lot of pride in our baseball program. And a lot of times you say, well, let's just rip the bandaid off and be done with it. I just think at this point, let's take a step back here. And say, okay, well, what kind of coach do we want, Steve? Well, we want a guy that's been to Omaha. Yeah. And if we could get a guy that's won an AFL championship, that'd be incredible. Well, that's going to be tough to do, even at Mississippi State. You want a guy that consistently puts guys in the pros and puts guys in the big leagues. Well, yeah. Well, we've got that guy. You've already got that guy. So let's figure out what we got to do to fix it. And you know what? If we're sitting here this time next year and it's not where it needs to be, there's no decision to make. There's no fence to sit on. It's over. And if that's the case next year and you're already eliminated from the tournament, I go go ahead and make the the, the move then, right? But I think when you begin to to factor in all of the things that – I don't think that our needs defensively and offensively are that far off. You know what you've got with David Marchand. You know what you got with Hunter Hines and Ross Highfield, who is improving every single week. And you go get you a portal third baseman, and Dylan Cup is, and he plays as advertised, and you know what you've got in the outfield. I think you can feel like that you're a much better defensive team. And when you've got these pitchers that are coming in and those that are coming back, and you go out and supplement that with a couple guys in the portal, I think you can short the pitching side of it. I don't think it's that far off. I know that's how it feels. I know it's how it looks. But I think there are some things behind the scenes because of the fact some of these guys that are now rounding back into good health that people forget about. And I think we could have a good year next year. And again, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not so married to the idea that uh, I'm not willing to consider other viewpoints. But those are my honest feelings about it. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by your friends at Portico. Brooks Bryan. Uh, Brooks is a guy, too, I talk to about baseball from time to time. I value his opinion. He's worn a uniform, guys. He's played at Duty Noble Field. He robbed a home run against Washington and sent us to Omaha. I value that guy's opinion. I do. And you can value his opinion, too, because he's part of a great group of developers bringing this wonderful residential community to Starkville, Portico. Phase one's completely sold out. Phase two under development. Yeah. Your new neighbor's already enjoying the high life here in Stark Vegas. They're ready for you to join them as well. Reach out to our friend Brooks at 601-416-8075. Again, at 601-416-8075. And get the information you need. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home. And really anything in between, you need a custom build, they can accommodate you with that too. Very easy to get to, turn off of 82 on a 12, like going to campus, the very first ride is Pat Station Road. You go through that four-way stop, there's Portico. You're like, wow, that's close to campus. 1.1 miles exactly. 
from campus to all things Bulldog. How cool would that be? Make Portico your next move. Okay, let's talk portal here for a little bit. Uh, your, your recruiting interest in football here for the next couple of weeks, by and large, is going to be about football and the portal, right? Um, so here's the reality of that. You know, what do you need? Well, we we got to replace Dylan Johnson. Of course, Simeon Price, we feel like he's going to be a good player for us. We don't win the bowl game without him last year. I think Woody Marks is going to be a star. I think Woody's going to have a, a breakout year this year. And you say, Steve, we already know who he is, but the rest of the league doesn't. And I think he's getting a good chance to demonstrate who he is and what he's about this year. Now, you got to go replace Dylan Johnson, though. You got to go find a veteran guy. You know, we, we've talked about uh, Kevon Lee from Penn State. I think that's probably a matter of when rather than if. Not exactly sure what his visit schedule is, but uh, you have an opportunity to come in, and we do expect this to be a more balanced offense with some very innovative things in the running game. Defensive line Anthony Campbell from Louisiana Monroe recently took an official visit to Mississippi State. I feel like we're in a pretty good position there. He's also taken visits to Colorado, Purdue. Auburn has been somewhat involved. Uh, this is a guy, too, that, uh, you know, huge guy. You know, he's like 6'7", uh, 255 pounds. Uh, has not necessarily filled up the stat column, though. You know, he got you know, two years left. He was a junior college guy in 2020. Made the move to Louisiana Monroe. And um, in 2022, you know, played a little bit. You know, 2023, chance for him to break out. But this, again, the guy that doesn't have a lot of college-level production, but his projection as a defensive end is really good. Planning to make a decision here in the next couple of weeks. Could be good news for the Bulldogs. And, and listen, we could use another guy on the edge. We could. We absolutely could. We don't really have a game wrecker out there. Uh, Willie Tyler, offensive lineman from Rutgers, that's a name of interest. We really need an offensive tackle rather than an interior guy. We were pretty much stocked on the interior, even though, you know, we had a couple of guys uh, like Jackson Cannon uh, elected to move on and uh, Lucas Taylor, you know, and uh, that's part of the deal too. And then maybe if you can find a premium wide receiver out there, um, you take them too. You know, of course, we got three spots to work with right now, not to say that there may not be another change, but uh, last time I ran the match, we had three scholarships to work with. And I think if I had to call it today, if you can get a running back, a guy to come in to be a quality backup uh, that's going to carry the football, right? We're going to run it a lot more. You get a D lineman, an offensive lineman. And again, I think you're, you feel good about your, your front on both sides of the ball from a first-team standpoint. Second team might be much different, though. And uh, you go get a guy like Campbell, you know, I, I think, again, he has SEC size and SEC ability, but he hadn't had SEC production yet. Hadn't had an opportunity to do that. But it'll be interesting to see kind of how things develop with him uh, in the weeks ahead. Could be a good addition. And uh, keep up with our Paul Jones over at jeanspage.com. Paul keeping, kind of keeping up with every bit of that right now. And speaking of things Paul Jones to keep up with, it, uh, Paul breaks a story earlier today. Uh, we get a basketball transfer. Something that is uh, much needed is West Virginia center Jimmy Bell announces he's uh, headed to Stark Vegas. That's a good addition there. And people say, well, does that mean uh, Tulu's not coming back? Tolu, excuse me. Uh, no, it doesn't mean that. Obviously, there is the opportunity there. But we have to prepare for that contingency, right? I mean, we, get, we can't just say, okay, well, everything's going to be okay. 
Now looking at numbers here for Jimmy Bell, and this is a guy obviously that uh, yeah, can do some things. I understand he can play the four and the five, but he's 6'10", you know, from Saginaw, Michigan. Last year, played in 34 games, uh, averaging 18 and a half minutes. Not a huge scorer there, more of a rebounding guy. 61.5% uh, free throw shooter last year. That's down from his career average. But we'll see. But, yeah, this is a guy that essentially can come in, uh, be a backup guy to Tolu. I don't think that he's a guy you look at, you want to run your offense through. But uh, an interesting piece, to say the least. And then Robbie Falk with a story over the weekend. Uh, I don't care if you kept up here, but uh, Sam Purcell doing pretty good work here. Has now landed uh, three of the top 20 transfers, according to 247 Sports and Women's Basketball. Aaron Barnum from Arkansas makes her way in. That's pretty pretty significant there. Um, and, you, and you got DePaul's second leading scorer, Darion Rogers, coming in. So you feel like, hey, we've got an influx of talent coming in here. And so the reality of it is, is I think what we're going to see on the women's side is I think you, you had a great recruiting class coming in, and now you're uh, kind of supplementing with the portal. So some new Bulldogs that are expected to come in and make an immediate impact. Fairly significant. And that's kind of where we are right now. It's transfer portal season time. Now, the baseball portal will open up as soon as the season is over. We do expect to see some players leave. We do. Go ahead and prepare for that. A couple of them are going to be names you know. And people say, well, Steve, are you talking about some of our stars? I don't anticipate that. You don't ever rule it out. I mean, it's a different day and time. But, yeah, I think there's some guys that have had some starts under their belt. They won't be a part of this program going forward. And, uh, you know, that, that's the world in which we live. And that's a good thing and a bad thing, right? You say, well, there's no continuity, right? Well, sometimes, too, it's better for everybody if we just kind of part ways. There are some situations that just don't work out. And so it's good for them to have a vehicle to get into the portal and be able to play somewhere next year. And then, too, it gets, you know, maybe perhaps, you know, a malcontent or a guy that maybe hadn't played well here that needs a change of scenery gets him out of your program. So it's a win-win for everybody. They get a fresh start, as do we. So that is the positive side of the portal. But, uh, again, good news on the women's basketball and the men's side. And we do expect to add some transfers here on the uh, – football side in the coming weeks be be mindful of that of course uh, a lot of our, our fans all we think about is uh you know who's leaving we don't factor in who's coming in and uh you know radar jones is a guy that didn't go through spring he'll be uh he'll be good to go sooner rather than later be part of our summer workout program but we ran through the football you know because you got to be in the portal by the deadline and able to be able to transfer and if you weren't in by February 1st, you can't transfer within the Southeastern Conference unless you're a grad transfer. So, uh, you know, it, I really think when I go back and look at the guys that, um, that have left the program in recent weeks, I don't see any of those guys have been like huge losses. And what I mean by that is it's not to say they wouldn't have made some positive contribution. I don't think they were going to carry this program. I don't think they were ever going to go to media days. I know Justin Brown was a guy some people really high on. And of the guys that have left, he's probably the most notable. And he just got here. You know, it's like, oh, well, he was just here for the spring semester, uh, and now he's gone. But uh, I don't think we've lost anybody that we can't replace. That's, I guess, the central 
uh, theme here. I still go back to this Caleb Ducking thing. Everybody told us last year he had no eligibility left, and he goes in the portal, and he still has no eligibility left. But uh, there he is in the portal. And, and uh, if Caleb Ducking had a year left, we certainly would love to have him back at Mississippi State. But that's just not the case. But uh, be looking for that here in the weeks ahead as we get ready to get into, uh, into June and summer school. There will be some announcements on the basketball side. I don't know how many more women's basketball transfers we're going to take. You can uh, log into your jeanspage.com account and go on our basketball board and you can ask Robbie. Uh, nobody following women's basketball recruiting closer than Robbie Falk. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. So be sure and come by and check it out. But, yeah, over the course of the next three weeks, you're going to see some announcements for football, men's basketball, and maybe women's basketball. But, uh, you know, that's, that's the plus side of the portal as you bring some players in that can make you be a better team this year in uh, multiple sports. And there will be some of that in baseball too. We'll get into the summer months and uh, there will be – some transfers. And again, I don't think you're going to see State be very bullish in a transfer market. I do expect a couple pitchers. I do expect a third baseman. And then we'll kind of move forward with there. All right, that's it for today. And uh, it's already Wednesday. And uh, we'll be getting ready to go to LSU Saturday. I will miss the Friday game at LSU. So Mike Namath will uh, we'll have our AP gamer. We'll have no player feature Saturday morning. And uh, the quotes from Lamona will come from Jim Ellis's uh, radio show post-game interview. So I won't be asking those questions. So if you're unhappy with the questions, direct your complaints to Jim Ellis. I will be on site in Baton Rouge uh, Saturday and Sunday. And then we'll head back and get ready for the uh, North Alabama game on Tuesday. And again, next week I will take the rest of the week off and uh, go enjoy some time with the wife. I'll still be kind of paying attention. But uh, Dave Murray is going to come in from uh, out of town and help cover the series uh, with Mike Nemeth. So we will still have full coverage, even in my absence, over at jeanspage.com. If you're not a member, you certainly should be. We'd love for you to be a part of our growing community at jeanspage.com as we've uh, put together seven consecutive record months. Things are going great. The future's so bright, we've got to wear shades, right? Who, who sang that? Can you, can you, can you pull it out? It's Tim Buck Three. That's right, Tim Buck Three, and they play that song sometimes at uh, Duty Noble when we do the little shades thing, right? But nevertheless, glad that you're with us today. Uh, if you hadn't done so, go to dogpilethebook.com. You can get most of my sports books there. Dogpile, Alpha Dogs, and uh, Flim Flam are there. And uh, I rode by and saw Miss Carolyn Abadi downtown at Book Martin Cafe, and I think she has six copies of Stark Villains left. That's it. And there are a few stores out there that have some, but they're in. Uh, you know, very short supply. Alpha Dogs, not too far behind that. And uh, I know Alpha Dogs, she has seven copies of that. She's about to reorder and replenish that. Uh, you know, the next couple weekends, obviously, uh, you know, will be some of the last weekends people are on campus. There will be some people coming for graduation that will do some shopping. So if you're looking for those books, you can find them at Campus Book Mart or Book Mart and Cafe. Uh, kind of littered around town a pretty good bit. But uh, Bloomsville Leander, I told you guys I'm not going to renew that one. I was going to go out of print. So once they're gone from stores, they're gone. I think we've got a couple more months left, uh, which you can get it through uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Books A Million. Uh, we sold a bunch of copies, and uh, appreciate everybody that contributed to that, but uh, not going to continue to pay. It's the only book I've ever self-published. Uh, I think anybody that wants that book's already bought it, so you're just kind of throwing, uh, throwing money at it and not getting a lot in return. 
So, you know, we'll look forward to doing something like that maybe in the future. We're working on a couple songs right now with some, um, some other bands. And uh, so we'll have some cool things happening here uh, in the weeks ahead. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.